Today's episode comes to you in partnership with Rotacloud, the people management platform for shift-based teams. Rotacloud lets managers create and share rotas, record attendance and manage annual leave, all from a single web-based app. It also makes work simple for your team, allowing them to check their rotas, request holiday and even pick up extra shifts straight from their phones. Try Rotacloud's time-saving tools today by heading to rotacloud.com forward slash fill. Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Andy Jones, leadership coach and host of the awesome Hospitality Leadership Podcast. Coming up on today's show, Andy says boof and boof. Phil goes digging because uh, I think there might be a story there. And Andy recounts what going through an opening can be like. To be honest, frankly, I'm surprised we even got it open. All that and so much more as Andy chats us through his wonderful journey so far. Andy is late to the hospitality party, but he's now doing high-impact work, and as you might expect as someone who's incredibly passionate about leadership, there's a lot of leadership takeaways from our chat. A huge thank you to Andy for coming on the show. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Enjoy! And a massive hospitality meets welcome to Andy Jones. Thank you very much, Phil. How are you? I'm great, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Good, 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 good. Very, fellow, uh, fellow podcaster. Very, yeah, I was going to say I'm uh, honoured to to be on Hospitality Meet. I think when we first started our cafe, was it? Or not long after that, uh, I think I stumbled across your podcast and, you know, it was one of the first ones, first podcasts I ever started listening to. So that's... Oh, bless you. That's, uh, you've inspired me. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show. We'll see you later. <laughs> We'll leave it there. It's not going to get higher than that. Uh, well, that's great. That's really good to hear. And but uh, I mean, let's take a moment to reciprocate the the back scratching. Your show is awesome. I mean, the, the one thing that I love about this medium is the the, the conversations that we we get to have, right? Mm-hmm. And you're doing something which is bloody needed, to be honest. Which is you know central discussions around the the, the subject that everybody needs a bit of leadership. I think it's for me it's and it's always been a fundamental part of my life from even back at you know at high school I was rugby captain and it was a school that was very it was very serious with its rugby um, similarly to how you know schools in the states are with American football it was very serious and I came into that team you know very new and and even from that point realized the impact that leadership has you know, just on interactions day to day and coming forward into, you know, the hospitality industry more late or more latterly, it really hit me the conversation I had with my staff about the awful stories they had around leadership. And that's, right. that's really was the inspiration behind the podcast, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll absolutely get into that as we go through the fullness of discussion, but you've kind of nicely segued into your story, really, which is... um Take us all the way back. I mean, because you're you're a late arrival in hospitality, but before that, there's obviously a career that led you here. So from school, what happened next? Yeah, well, school. I I went to to university out of high school for sports coaching initially, and that was you know the in, you know the sports background and and wanting even again at that age wanting to serve people as a coach was. It was a desire to to have and long story short, university, you know, being away from the Isle of Man, as we discussed earlier on about, you know, being from an island, it's very, a big change coming from an island into a city. Yeah. So I came home and then actually transitioned into to building surveying and that was, I ended up doing a degree in building surveying, specializing in, in property maintenance and pathology of, of buildings and that actually led me into my very first hospitality role. And I was working for uh, a local hospitality business with a uh, an estate of 46 pubs dealing with the maintenance of, of those. And that was the first insight of what hospitality was. Not so much around the operational side, although, you know, we got to, we were involved in the operational side naturally, especially with refurbs and, you know, kitchen maintenance and bits and pieces. But that was the first glimpse of what hospitality can can bring people and you know you see the amazing experiences that people have whilst they're in the venues and interacting with amazing people but yeah beyond that it then 
I went further into down the construction route and eventually moved into government and worked with the valuation office there for a year before going into agriculture for two years, then into fisheries for another two years. Oh. Yeah, and then into the finance, into treasury, into central government after is this that. All, this is all on island? This is all on island, yeah. yeah. So I've been <laughs> from born and born and bred here on the Isle of Man. And, and, but yeah, the, the variety that I've had has really served me, I think. You know, as as an island, and and you'll appreciate this. It's there's a lot of people that know other people, and things operate differently on small islands. And the lessons I've learned from the experiences I've had from all the different sectors is has been eye opening. And I'm very privileged to actually have had that at very young ages. You know, dealing with awful managers and how you approach them, and even in my very early twenties, had that, and that stuck with me. I love how you uh, you said uh, I've been very fortunate to have terrible managers. Basically, but, I like that's you know, a really good way to look at it. But people see now, and this conversations I have is people have issues that I was dealing with in when I was twenty, twenty one, twenty two, when they're in their late thirties, forties, and the impact it has on them, having had careers of relatively settled periods i'm looking at it and going yeah i seen that you know you have that that ability to see situations developing in different ways now than i did and I, i'm glad that i can see that now whereas some people don't always see what is ahead of them if that makes sense yeah yeah it's yeah it's that benefit of experience is, is massive at such a young age yeah i think that equally the the law of averages tells you that at some point in your career, or you're going to be very, very lucky, actually, if you don't have somebody that you work yeah. for who you you disagree with in some way. So it's, um, you know, um, a massive way that makes a difference to your emotive state and to you know all, all of these things. I mean, I, I could, I've had multiple experiences of that, and I think it, your way of looking at it, I think, is a wonderful way to look at it in terms of the experience that that gives you in mm-hmm. your ability to, I suppose, stand up for yourself. Yeah, you know, and that basic life skill of you know just if it goes against what you believe in, stand up for it and uh, yeah. and push back, and you can push back in a, in a a good way. It doesn't have to be, you know, shouty and negative. Yeah, and I think it really helps me now. It allows me to help people better now as a, as a leadership coach. And you know, a lot of the the barriers I've you know found with potential clients sometimes is that well right now i'm 33 and and people see that as as a negative but the counter is that the experiences i've had and as well as you know my values of being principled etc i can that's what allows me to help people in ways that they may not expect from someone who is relatively so young and who has relatively had a, a relatively short career in hospitality it helps me having that varied experience before then to be able to give people a direction or an insight that they may not have had ordinarily. Yeah. I think equally your your varied experience out of industry is great for that kind of fresh set of eyes approach is that, you know, if you've just been born and bred through hospitality, and I'm not suggesting for a second that that's wrong, but, you know, it, it perhaps you might be a little bit blinkered into one, two, three ways of doing things, whereas there might be 20 ways to do things. Um, yeah. And you, you know, you've, you're. I would imagine you're able to bring that into both your coaching and your your day to day. Well, I think certainly the experiences, because a lot of my roles were very political. So you're working with politicians or very closely with politicians or senior civil servants. It gives you that perspective. You know, you're constantly viewing things from what are the optics on this? What's it going to look like? And again, when you start thinking hospitality. I remember even when we first took the cafe over, that was you. I was looking at it from the optics of a customer. What's the external image of it? What do, what do people see? How do they experience it? And I think that's where it came from. You know, having that experience in corporate environments, in political environments, where you're really analysing what's the impact of this, translated massively into you know setting the cafe up in the way that I wanted it, crafting that experience that I wanted for our customers to have without a doubt that was bolstered by the fact I had that experience in the past. 
Yeah. Well, we'll talk about opening a, a business when you've not got specific <laughs> hospitality experience at some point, um, because uh, I think there might be a story there. But anyway, <laughs> uh, let's let's complete your story, as it were, uh, mm-hmm. and get and take us through there. So, all of these different experiences in government. What happened next? Where did you go after that? So there was a cafe in our family. So my auntie had a small cafe in a park. It was seasonal so it was open april to september and she fell ill and she was looking for potentially some a buyer and my you know we spoke about rugby but i had shoulder injuries and ended up going down the cycling route as well so massively got into the coffee culture or cafe culture of cycling and always wanted a cafe so when it when it came up it was like this is an opportunity significantly cheaper than a you know the market value of the business which you know we couldn't shun that it was a it was a big opportunity there but yeah so that's essentially and and as we were we were speaking about earlier as well is i fell into hospitality and it was the opportunity was there i took it and yeah so we ran the cafe it was, I think it was january 19 2019 we decided we were going to go for it and ran it that first year through the as it was you know built up some cash and then did a refurb right before oh, right before COVID <laughs> yeah i know yeah. <laughs> that word that we want to try and erase from our vocabulary but that's that's where we were we we literally opened i think it was six weeks before lockdown and you know just getting that momentum going just getting that cash flow where yeah. we wanted it to be and boof and i don't think any time in my life i've had a period like i did through there that massive uncertainty of what was happening when we were going to be open and i remember it now it was almost i haven't really thought back on it too much but massive spiral in a way you know this just don't know what to do when to do it how to do things so yeah so it was (laughs) A very interesting experience. And then fast forward a little bit, we sold the cafe in August 21 with a view of looking at a, a more central location that was better footfall in in the in the middle of our town. And then obviously we had the issues with price increases, cost increases, which put it on the back of it. And that led me into then thinking like, how can we start to share the knowledge with people who are very similar to me? And you know, coming into the industry, no knowledge initially we can't be the only ones and that was the idea around how we could start having more conversations is that where the, the podcast essentially was born from yeah i love that i love the the kind of the fullness of all of that but also that there and we were talking about this earlier on as well the almost the lack of plan it was like an opportunity yeah. presented itself and it was like actually i i really fancy this and I'm going to come at this from, a, 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 I suppose, a naive perspective. And I've spoken on this podcast before about the power of naivety. In uh, I think if you're naive to something, a lot is made of that as a negative trait. But actually, it's the greatest trait in the world when you're starting mm-hmm. a business, because otherwise you'd probably talk yourself out of doing something. I think it's not even in a business. It's in any any career path, any role you go into. And I think it's it's actually been one of my strengths. You know, I've had that diverse background of different sectors and dealing with different environments. But the one thing I did, I am able to do is when I go into those businesses is to be able to actually see things that people hadn't, you know, they've been, it's just the way it's always been. Actually, why are we doing it that way? It's not efficient. It's not great for us, not great for the customer. So it's always been a strength of mine to do that. You know, I think the the curiosity that I have lends itself to that. Anyway, I'm a very curious person, which, you know, has always seen me well. But I think it does. You're right. Being naive, being that fresh set of eyes going into a new industry is so much more of a strength than it is a weakness. And, mm. and if, if you can approach it from that point of view with that mindset, it can really help you adapt better and quicker to the role you go into. Absolutely. And I think then kind of back that up with you know, what you know, what you like as a consumer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, producing something that you would like to experience 
it's a really it's a very good grounding to to start from mm -hmm. and of course you can then build out as you get more knowledge as you go through it yeah. but um yeah well let's go back to day one of opening when you took this on i believe not everything went quite according to plan <laughs> yeah so and i think and, and i know and it's i know not gonna bring up any demons is it <laughs> So for a bit of PTSD, but no, yeah. and I and I shouldn't joke about that because you know I know how serious that can be for people. And but we we opened the or agreed to take the cafe around the time it was, it was January twenty uh, nineteen, yeah, that we agreed to take the cafe. And at the same time, our family was going through a very difficult period, employment tribunal for someone in our family, right? And I was very much helping with that. And this is where this is the link to the PTSD because, as it happens, family members have suffered from that as a result of that. Right, but anyway, right, right. yeah. So everything in the lead up to opening in in the April was all up in the air. So initially thinking, got plenty of running for this, plenty of planning time. <laughs> That's dangerous, isn't it? Yeah, and not to mention that our daughter was born in the February, early February. So it was. Yeah, there was a lot going on at the time. And to be honest, frankly, I'm surprised we even got it open for for the April, April the 1st. But the biggest thing for me is looking back on it, and this is what I tell everyone, the fundamentals have got to be right. You know, we're planning, making sure we've got, you know, the seats are all in the right place. We've got the right stock. We've got the, the products that people are going to want. We can deliver our menu item. And we were... <laughs> We were literally 10 minutes from open, and I'm not exaggerating, 10 minutes from open, I opened the tail, put the, put the punch, I remember vividly punching the code into the tail, tail drawer pops open and there's nothing in there. And no I'd float. forgotten to collect the float. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. you know, and a lot of listeners will resonate with this, the franticness of, you know, opening a business first day of opening that anticipation that pressure and to be able to then jump into the situation of near panic yeah of scratching had to go to the business upstairs above us who helped us out with a little bit it still wasn't enough but one of the one of the things that really did show is how resourceful you have to be at times okay, we could have planned a lot better for this and gotten over that issue. You know, we wouldn't have had that issue if I'd have made sure that the plan was right. But then the resourcefulness kicked in and that's a very key part of, again, hospitality demands yeah. that as, as an employee trait. We have to be resourceful. We are constantly reacting. And that was my... That was my first taste of Welcome how do I have to, to hospitality? To yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, ultimately, everything worked. Nothing. You know, the the usual tweaks that we would make. We didn't have the luxury of doing a soft open. We were straight into the season. I was going but to ask you: make, is, it, is it seasonal business in the main? It was. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. It's basically it's sat in a children's play park. There's a lake there, Bowton Lake, with electric boats now they weren't electric when i was younger i still remember the the sound of the engines popping all the time when i was younger right but that's the sort of area it is crazy golf etc and it gets absolutely rammed between you know certainly summer holidays between mm. april and the end of that uh, sorry school holidays between april and, and the end of term but yeah so it was you know you were into it straight away full gas like within 10 minutes of open the the cafe was full yeah, you definitely want to have a float for that then don't you? and we did we we needed it and yeah, you know yeah. we made it through but where i was getting to with this is from a customer perspective they were none the wiser of what was going on in the background and again yeah. it's it's a skill set of hospitality is that we as much as things are controlled chaos yeah. Certainly in the kitchen they can be, but you know, there's an element of that. But it's it's about how we can deliver as an industry this amazing experience without actually people seeing what is what the challenges we are facing in the background. And yeah, I think 
as far as my career is concerned, it's probably one of the most memorable days of everything I've ever done. Yeah, well, I, 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 lots of emotions going through your head probably on the, on that day. <laughs> yeah. Exc- excitement, dread, the then the panic as you you realise a, a, a reasonably <laughs> important part of the day today has been yeah. missed. My um my missus will be listening to this if she actually does listen to this and saying, "Oh my God, where was your checklist? Where was your tick?" She loves a list, but your know, lists have their place for but for sure. Do you want to know the the most ironic thing is is that my roles I've done before were all, you know, you were developing processes. You were putting things in place to stop right. this sort of thing happening. And I think, and this is where maybe my naivety didn't sort of work in my favor is that, yeah, we were under pressure anyway, you know, but we didn't take the time to put those things in place thinking that, you know, everything we've done, we can do, you deal with it mentally. Hmm. And it was never, it was never, straight you know as, as easy as that if we'd have had a, a spreadsheet or a checklist we'd have we wouldn't have missed it and you know advocate for it now everyone if you haven't got checklists in your business yeah especially on day one yeah I, especially on day one yeah 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 another part of that story actually is day two within 30 minutes of opening set day two 30 minutes of opening our extractor fan went fuse blew well it was actually the actual fan itself blew and again we were into that scramble of how can we adapt and we we had to adapt very quickly there you know a lot of the menu was cut out of there we had to see how we could do things how we could deliver the same items differently and with a relatively young group of people working at the time i was just i just remember being blown away about how adaptable sort of the 18, 19 year olds were in that business as well. It was just, you know, challenging really times. to hear actually, because yeah. they get like, they get bad press, right? Absolutely. But again, it comes back to a conversation we've had before and that's the personality, Trump's experience. Yeah. You know, generally we can't always say that in every, every role it does work of like course, that. But yeah. in that case, I was, you know, glad that that's the approach we took because it helped in that situation. If we'd mm. have had people that weren't so adaptable, weren't happy to adjust on the fly, we'd have, yeah, things have been a lot more difficult. Yeah, and that would have filtered out to your guests, right? And then you know, maybe the guests are not having such a great experience, yeah. and that gets then reflected in reviews that you get, and so and yeah. it's a ripple effect, and all of that. And you know, ultimately, again, another thing we've spoken about is the uh, experiences the the most important thing yeah. as in well, the the actual experiencing of the experience not yeah. getting experience as it were no and i know i like i say i'm relatively new to hospitality you know compared to you know a lot of people's experience but one thing i'm noticing you know the more people i work with is that operators and in a way i think i was lucky coming into it being naive then is that you know i knew what I wanted to focus on, and that was the guest experience. But I think a lot of operators can get stuck into this, you know, the day-to-day mindset of making sure everything is happening. You know, we've got enough stock uh, stock ordered. We've got the right people in, the right roles for each day, that they actually lose sight of the guest experience as a whole. And I think the more we can shift our mindset to see things from that point of view you know you might not be able to operate your menu precisely how it is especially at the minute you know where we are with the reduced number of staff that are available Mm. if you can adapt and constantly tweak what you're doing to suit the guest experience that has to be the top the top level requirement of your business yeah then you can't go far wrong and when we talk about how can we create memorable experiences and that's what our focus is when we're working with people is crafting those memorable experiences so that they come back again. You know, we can all go to, to a coffee shop or a restaurant and have a great meal. What is it about the interactions you have there, the food, the environment that makes you go, I want to go back. And we've all had places where we have that. And that's your goal is trying to unpick in your own location. How can we create those experiences for other people? Mm. I think then as well, you kind of 
translate that through into the the team experience and indeed your own experience. Yep. You know, if you're constantly fighting fires and you know forgetting to take the moment to enjoy what you're doing, to enjoy watching the fact that you've got a, a full property, you know, with lots of noise going around, everybody just enjoying themselves and stuff like that. If you just get caught up in the the day to day of everything and forget to take these moments on board with you, then then it just becomes a transactional, soulless yeah. business, and you've got really got to keep that fire, you know, alight for for as long as you can. Absolutely, we've got to keep that personality. That, and this is where brand and brand messaging comes in. Is it we've got to translate that personality that we have on paper into what the guest sees, and we do that through our people, and we can't. If, if people are unhappy or if we're not got the right people in there, we can never deliver on that. And that's essentially like my big focus is all on how can we create this culture of service and the mindset of hospitality. You know, we talk often about the skill set in hospitality, but my philosophy is that hospitality is a mindset. I think customers, customer service and, you know, the chefs and the skills that they have in the kitchen absolutely contribute to it. But when it comes to hospitality, fundamental hospitality, it's a mindset. And we have to, as leaders, try and shape our people, inspire them to want to deliver undeniable hospitality to people. Sorry to interrupt, but a quick word to give special mention to our sponsor, Rotacloud, without whom this podcast wouldn't even be possible. With thousands of customers worldwide, Rotacloud is already saving businesses like yours hundreds of hours of staffing-related admin every year. It's been described by its users as everything from a lifesaver to an absolute no-brainer, with one customer even saying that they'd rather stick forks in their eyes than go back to doing their rotas the old-fashioned way. If you're ready to take the pain out of people management, I highly recommend heading over to rotacloud.com forward slash fill to sign up for your free 30-day trial and see how Rotacloud can benefit your business. Now let's get back to it. Mm, absolutely. Was there a point on day two when your extractor went down where you thought, what, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, I don't think I had time to think that. You know, right. it is, there was no illusions. I knew it was hard, hard industry. Was it harder than I thought it was? You know, after, in the fullness of time, absolutely. Were those two days harder still? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. But I think, again, it's that you almost operated in the, you know, blinded lights. You were, you really didn't have time to think you were just reacting. And, and, you know, everyone's probably been in that situation again. Like I couldn't believe the extractor fan cause we tested it for, it was on for weeks before. Yeah. So, you <laughs> know, it just took typically that it happens and, and, and if it, anything that will happen, well, anything that could happen will happen. It's Murphy's law. I think they say that, you know, it's, you've got to be prepared for it and you've got to be in the mindset of everything is con in a constant state of flux. Nothing is constant. And yeah. we have to, we have to accept that biggest thing I work with, with our leaders is being dynamic. We have to have this ability to adapt as leaders every day or from minute to minute, even we have to be prepared to, you know, someone can, go on a lunch break and come back and be a totally different in a totally different place than they were before. And that's the the skill of a leader. We, we, you know, these training programs that we can go on and, you know, we've done the ILM stuff and bits and pieces. And I'm not knocking it anyway, but what I always found that it struggled to do is give people that, that the understanding of how dynamic leadership really is, mm. how, you expect the theories that you learn to be applied consistently to everyone. And it's never the case, you know, we're never able to rest like that. Yeah. And it's, you know, this conversation is going that way. It's all about consistency in that we have to accept that everything is dynamic. Yeah. Well, that's that the only thing that's consistent is that everything that we do is dynamic. Yep, indeed. So I've had a saying in my head for as long as I can remember, the only thing that stays the same is that everything changes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we have, we've got two lessons that have been very, very prevalent here in terms of a, a, a new startup. Make sure you've got a checklist. Uh, 
<laughs> make sure you focus on the ex- the overall experience. What other uh, advice would you give to somebody who was contemplating starting up a, a business in the hospitality space, especially now, I suppose, where by there are quite a lot of different challenges in the, the marketplace? Because I think a, a lot, and I've, I've, I've absolutely had this myself in the, uh, perhaps I'm having a moment and the moment can maybe last a week, a month, two months beyond whatever, where I'm thinking to myself, do you know what? I need a change. And I think a lot of people's go-to for change is to open a hospitality business, you know, because they, they've always fancied opening a restaurant or they've always fancied opening a cafe or they've always fancied running a B&B. Uh, and for me, it was both my wife and I once upon a time discussed about cashing and everything that we had and going and open a, a B&B on a Greek island somewhere, proper Mamma Mia-esque. So for anybody listening who's in that space, at the moment who's thinking, you know what, I really want to go out and do this on my own. What would what would be other things that you would say to them to to really think deeply about? Well, I know we've touched on it already, but really how difficult it is to make sure that we are at a standard where you're delivering an amazing experience. You're, you're right. We see, you know, people say, oh, when I retire, I'd love to have a, a tea room or I would love to, you know, have a little coffee shop. And the reality is these little coffee shops, these little tea rooms are so much hard work. Mm. They think because it's such a small scale that it's a case of, you know, boiling the kettle and, and serving a cup of tea. And it's, yeah. it really isn't. And it, and the the fundamentals of it, regardless, even with a, a small location, is you have to have the people, the right people around you to support what you're doing. And it's, you know, I wish more people would focus on getting the right people in to do the work. And as I mentioned to you, my experience with my staff and the stories they told me about how they've been treated in hospitality and not to to tarnish the, the reputation of hospitality anyway, but the, the stories were consistent of just being treated awfully, being made to do things that, you know, weren't necessarily on their job description and, and, you know, put under these huge amounts of pressure that just, I think some of them were telling me when they were like 16, 17, just starting and just put into situations where they shouldn't be. And we as an industry need to level up what we do from a leadership perspective. We have to care. And this is where I always start with people is if you don't care about people, you're in the wrong industry. Mm. We're serving people. And if if you're in it for the money, you're probably not going to sustain it as long as you maybe think you will do. And that's purely from the point of view that if you haven't got the right people around you, you cannot do all the work to make it sustainable. Yeah, You won't get people to be invested in it like, you know, not necessarily like the owner would be, but to an extent where they're, they really feel part of it. And that really comes from, as I say, caring for people, but also how can you inspire and how can you motivate them? And the biggest thing is, is you're starting from your values, creating a vision for people, you know, both for your customers, what's the vision you have for the business of how it, how it impacts their lives, but how do you allow your staff and communicate to your staff that vision to the point where they feel invested in it, empowered to deliver and to contribute to part of it, that's a really big, big step, which often most businesses, I was going to say smaller business and hospitality, you know, every every business I've worked in have never, they haven't taken advantage of the power of having a great set of values, a great vision and a mission for what you're doing. And that's, you know, the, the first thing I work with clients on when we go into their business about how can we establish your purpose and communicate it properly yeah god there's a lot to uh to take in there but yeah. a lot of it is actually fundamentals again right i mean really it's a word that you've used before and and i but i completely am on board with you with that because I, the, the thing for me a lot of the times in business in any form of business is that things get overcomplicated. but actually if you always just come back to your fundamentals then you've got that's the baseline for progress of yeah. any kind, right? So I, no, I'm I'm with you uh, on that 100. How did the how did the coaching come about? So 
for for me, my leadership style has always been it's always embodied the principles of coaching. So one of the one of the lessons I learned very early on is if you as a leader give people too many answers, they become dependent on you as a leader. And then we lose that ability for them to think independently, to react to situation. And when you start, you know, you start scaling that, you start to cause more issues. And I noticed that very early on in, it was actually retail. We didn't mention retail, but I went into retail very, you know, whilst I was studying straight into a leadership role again there. And it was about how, how much of an impact it made when people were able to think for themselves. Mm. So really the coaching came about from, you know, fundamental leadership skills of how can we, it's that what's the adage or the story it's you can give a man a fish and feed him for a day teach him how to fish and feed him for a for a life and translates into leadership 100 percent. we need to have people below us who are able to think and operate independently without relying on their you know their superior yeah and essentially that's how i've led every team from that point of view it's about asking more questions trying to get them exploring their understanding and even again i mentioned my curiosity before trying from my point of view understanding their thinking and really when we when we sold the coffee shop and you know again those stories of leadership it was like how can how can i best influence businesses to to change how they treat their people and that was that was the real motivator is is to to go down the coaching route is to you know get involved with businesses work with them one-on-one and actually develop not only the owners or the chief executives it's more about how can we scale those leadership skills across businesses and that's yeah fundamentally it was about making that difference that's where the coaching really the idea of of working with people came along. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you've been a kind of an indirect coach for the vast majority of your life, really, so well, far. So you're just formalizing something, really, that uh, that you kind of have a hell of a lot of experience in. Yeah. And that's, like I say, it's it's stuff that I've I've honed over. And, you know, there's times where you, you don't ask the right questions or you ask too many questions that, you know, and there's a balance to it when it comes to leadership. But you're right. It's it's about now formalizing that and and being able to help people from a distance, but you know already you know making huge levels of impact with with businesses beyond what I thought was capable, which is you know it's fulfilling to to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I, no doubt because that, you know, then you're then you're having your impact as well, right on the the industry as a whole. It's not yeah. just about your own little world. Yeah. Uh, as it were, and what's what's in front of you right now, but it, it, you know, it is about your ability to to make an impact uh, mm-hmm. to to where it's needed. I think you can't you can't get away from that that point. You know, if you're working as an employee in a business, you can only impl- influence that that business. And the same, the podcast allows you to you know get messages from people saying how much it's helped them with getting started or to develop their teams. Just the conversations we have and again to be able to influence such a you know it's a it's it's a minute part of the industry but relatively large is it's a good thing and that's that's what that's what motivates me to keep going really absolutely um the podcast you brought that up very nicely there that was the (laughs) next thing on my list to talk to you about so yeah how did that come about so yeah, like I said, when we sold the coffee shop, we were looking for a location in, in the centre of town, you know, a bit more footfall. With us being in a park through the winter months, because we turned it into a year-round business, you were having to work very hard, harder than you ordinarily would to, you know, get people to come, creating that destination. So we'd sold that to move, and then we had a COVID spike that winter, the 21 into 22, so we sort of put it on the back burner, thought, well, let's see how this goes, how it develops before we pull the trigger on a new location. We started to then look at, you know, actually taking action, starting again, and then the war in Ukraine and, and the cost increases that happened. And again, it was a case of, well, let's ride this out, see where it goes. 
and that was the that was the the real i think i'd had the idea for it maybe the year before but that was a real catalyst for saying right let's actually do some groundwork with this and let's see if we can start sharing our knowledge see if we can help people to you know not make the mistakes that we make i know multiple times on the podcast now i've mentioned about make sure you get your your float ready because you know (laughs) i've learned that lesson and if it helps one person you know i'm glad that we can have that impact and that was really it was about serving the industry how can we you know get people the knowledge you know from people who have gone through the experiences and the mistakes that most people would make in the industry and just give people a heads up and say actually i need to be on the lookout for this or that and give them that perspective share the knowledge that is already in this amazing industry yeah how many episodes are you at now we're at 200 and i think 217 as of today i think my life which you know well when we started and again I jumped into this. It was full time. We were doing three interview episodes going out every week, which was, you know, at the time it was manageable, but obviously as you know, the coaching element has come on, on board or come as an income stream, we've got to adjust that. And yeah, it was, there was a lot going on early on. It was, I was fully invested in it, but you know, again, as we were speaking about, it's about, you know, the amount of things that you learn, from being a host chain you know my philosophy changed from every every guest i interviewed there was something yeah. i was picking up from everything that was you know and selfishly it's it was learning for me it was developing myself but one thing i can say is you know meeting so albeit virtually meeting so many amazing people who not only are doing great things for the industry but are also trying to help me as well, you know, get the message out, continue to get the message out about where we can improve the hospitality industry is, it's a privilege as you well know. Yeah. I, I, I'm a hundred percent on board with that concept. Um, you know, I, I've just always at the risk of sounding like a politician, we are absolutely stronger together, Yeah, you know, and uh, there's so much knowledge in this industry around in different parts all over the, um, you know all the various subsectors that exist, and we can all learn from each other. And actually, I think even uh, you're a great case in point here as well. Is that we can learn from outside of the industry as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all of the answers to all of the things that we need answers for are not just within the realm of hospitality. You know, there we've got to continue to keep looking outwards. Yeah, and you know that is that is something that. I encourage people to do is to look at other industries, look at what they're doing, how they're interacting. But in the same way as well, hospitality is should be, you know, taught to more businesses. If if more businesses had the skills of hospitality, whether that's physical or digital hospitality, they could improve. And I think we can't silo ourselves in in ways like, you know, oh I'm only going to learn from people in the hospitality industry because, you know, we get left behind. And I think more so our industry, there's as much as tech plays a big part, we're not so led by tech. So the more that we can learn about what options are out there from a technological standpoint, there's a lot of, a lot of benefits to our industry. I think the challenge is, is how can we, not take away from the human connection i think we need to make sure that tech any tech that we use supplements the human to human connection that we facilitate in our businesses yeah it's and i think that's a balance and a challenge for our industry especially in this age of ai and where we go you know as it becomes more or closer to being sentient i think we we come will come up against that challenge and but i think we have to make sure that we never get away from the fact that the Again, the fundamentals of hospitality is connection. Yeah. And we have to we have to protect that. Here, here. That's uh, another. I think I battle cried on your podcast, and now you're battle crying on mine as well. So um, <laughs> that's, the, the circle is complete. Um, yeah. No, that's wicked. So you still have aspirations to to get back into to having a another cafe business? Absolutely, and we've said that you know it's still there. You know, we've got this concept, this idea, which is relatively unique certainly locally anyway so the 
absolutely i miss the you know that interaction with people every day i miss leading a team of 20 people it's not something that is as easy from this point of view as being a coach and and working with you know you get to work with leadership teams as a whole you know developing them but it's not quite the same as as leading people but yeah the my love for hospitality goes beyond just serving it i want to be part of it and be part of it for a long time so yeah we're still still the plan is still there we're just hoping things will settle down a little bit before you know we make what is it's going to be a significantly larger investment than than we had from the other location but you know the will is there the will is there great well we look forward to keeping an eye on that then <laughs> did you ever think looking back at that kid who was rugby captain did you ever think that you'd be here doing this or did you have other plans at that time yeah never never i think i've never had long-term plans it's never been something that is i'm glad i'm know, not alone you... there then <laughs> <laughs> but you know we, we society seems to build into us that we have to have you know where you're going to be in five year times and don't get me wrong we have we have to have this idea of progress, you know, an idea of a goal. But I never had anything beyond how can I better myself? And that really, that steered where I went with my studies, where I went with my career. What was the opportunity for me to improve myself? And certainly hospitality was never, never even on the radar. And you know what? Even the times where I wanted a coffee shop, it wasn't, a case of I want to be in the hospitality industry. I just love the idea of having a coffee shop. And until I got into the industry and realized, you know, everything about it and what it encompasses. And and I think the general public don't fully understand what the hospitality industry is or what it means. But yeah, by no means was there any idea that or want even to be in the hospitality industry at a, at a young age. What I did know is that I I like to serve people and whether that was helping them to get better in, in one way or to make things easier for them. It always seems to be a fundamental part of my personality, which, again, when you look at it now in this lens, it probably lends itself quite well to, to the hospitality industry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that is, that's a hospitality mindset right there. Mm. For sure. So, uh, and that you know, you're a wonderful case in point again. That it really doesn't matter when you find the industry. Just you know, if there's something about it that really you connect with, then just come in and give it a go. And yeah. um, you, you know, the literally the world is your oyster. Which leads me nicely onto my my final question of the of the day, which is what for anybody listening who is intrigued by coming into the industry, what would be your three reasons? We've probably had a few through this, but how would you kind of summarize your three main reasons for as to why somebody should come into hospitality? I think the the beauty of hospitality is it serves so many potential backgrounds. And what I mean from that point of view is that if you are coming into it as a as a second job, it will serve you, you know, endlessly the flexibility that offers if you want a long-term career in hospitality, absolutely that is there. And, you know, we need to shout more about that, you know, get into this, we need to get into the schools and, and talk more about those longer term opportunities. I think if you want to learn a skill set that will benefit you in every single role in every industry you could possibly go into hospitality is the foundation of that. I think I mentioned it earlier that every Every business, the purpose is to create a great customer experience, whatever that looks like. And hospitality, the industry, gives you those skills. It gives you the customer service, gives you that ability to talk to people, gives you that ability to adapt and adjust on the fly, which is so, they're they're so important to every other business, every role that you go into. Yeah, just life. I don't think we, yeah, well, yeah, well, we don't shout about it enough how much you can learn. And how much you can then take if you do leave hospitality and go a different route. Mm. You know, we don't necessarily want to be encouraging people to to go elsewhere, but the reality is that people will. Yeah. It, you know, it, it fulfills that transient role for people. And but absolutely, if you want to improve yourself as a person, hospitality is for you. 
if that is your if that's your mindset you have to have that need to want to serve people fundamentally yeah totally i i um i couldn't agree with you more i I think it's we don't shout about that enough you know i think uh, i've spoken about this on this show before around the fact that you know when when they were talking about obviously brexit with um making it more difficult for the flow of of workers to to come and go mm-hmm. and that we were going to have to go down a you know a, a high skilled visa route but how do you how do you really quantify what high skill is because for mm-hmm. me the greatest skill in the world is the ability to make somebody feel special yeah and that's that to me is the the highest possible skill that's available to a human the other things are just transactional skills that you can go and read in a book or you can go and learn from practical theory yeah i think the way i see it is that and again that is the fundamental build i know i said probably said fundamental a lot of times on this this episode i'll I'll take them all out and that'll be your (laughs) (laughs) that'll be your buzzword yeah yeah. but really we need to have the, the right people in terms of personality in this industry i think the the expertise, the skills that some people can bring with them, they grease the wheels. They grease the hospitality wheels. You know, they make it easier to deliver that great experience, but they're not the most important element of it. We've, like you say, we've got to make sure people feel special, that they feel cared for. Because we do, we've got this insight or this input into the most important events of people's lives, whether Mm. it's you know, celebrating birthdays, funerals, weddings, which I know all too about at the minute, yeah. you know, the <laughs> one week out. One but, week away, yeah. you know, this is, this is the impact that we have. We help people celebrate. And again, comes back to these, these memorable experience. We want people to create memories with us. And that's what we've got to always keep in mind. That's the goal. If we can do that, then, you know, people will keep coming back and back again and again to your business. Yeah. And that strikes me as a wonderful way to round things up. Andy, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. It's been great to, to get inside your mind a little bit uh, more for a beyond and actually have a, a physical conversation with you as, a, as opposed to just listening to your voice. Um, <laughs> if people want to get a hold of you, I mean, I know that you're kind of out, out there quite quite frequently, but what's the best method for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, so LinkedIn is probably the best place to connect with me. So it's just Andrew Jones on there. We've also Instagram, Andy.leadership, which is probably more, you know, it's more general around leadership, not specific to the hospitality industry. But um, yeah, link and obviously the podcast is on every directory. YouTube, we're starting to try and get our interviews on there as well now. So if people are, again, that's just at Andy Jones. But yeah, looking forward to to connect to people. And if there is anyone out there that even just wants a chat, if they've got an issue with with people, whether it's a, a distinct issue, I'm more than happy to to chat through some things with people and try and see if we can help them. Brilliant, Andy. Thank you so much for sharing your story, and I wish you all the very best with the next chapters. Sounds yeah, like no, there's going to be many. It. Yeah, and yeah, no, a privilege to be on. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're very welcome. Take care. And there we have it. A massive thank you to Andy for coming on the show and sharing his story. Head over to thecafehustle.com to reach out to him directly to help move your leadership game forward. We'll be back as usual at 8pm next Wednesday for another story from hospitality. So until then, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.